0: Well, this morning we're going to continue our sermon series on, on dangerous prayers. And the prayer we're going to look at today, I would almost consider it not only dangerous, but maybe a little bit crazy. But it's one that's also very necessary in our lives. And I, I think this morning we'll be able to see why that is. It's the prayer for God to search me. And what I want you to do for a moment is I want you to, to kind of put yourself in David's shoes for a moment. And think about David, because David writes the psalm that we're going to look at here this morning, Psalm 139, and you think about David's life. On one hand, he's called a man after God's own heart. And yet, at the same time, David is this guy that, that has a lot of problems deep inside, doesn't he? I mean, he causes a bunch of people to, to die because of his pride, the pride that he had in his military might and his, his lack of trust in God. He's a man who commits adultery and murder, and covers up a murder. And so there's a lot of stuff deep inside, and, and, and it seems to me a little bit crazy for David to pray, God search me, right? I mean, does he really want God looking deep inside of his life, kind of pulling out all that, that hidden stuff that's down there? Let me ask you a question. Is you think that's a dangerous prayer for you? Are you willing to pray and ask God to search your life and to to dig deep down inside to kind of bring to the surface some of those things that are there that, that maybe you don't even understand are there? I think you can see why that prayer is a dangerous prayer. It's a little bit crazy in some respects, and yet, as I'll share with you in just a moment, it's a really important prayer for us to pray, and there's a reason that we need to do that. Now last week we began our series of dangerous prayer. We defined dangerous prayer like this. Hopefully you remember our definition that we came up last week when we said dangerous prayers are prayers that ask God to bless us by first breaking us. And this prayer for God to search me, we're going to certainly see that is the case this morning. And you might be thinking, well why is it that that, that that we need to pray this prayer, and this morning I'm going to share that with you, and and talk about why we need to pray, how we can pray that prayer, and what God can do in our lives if we pray that prayer. Now, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Psalm 139. If you don't happen to have a Bible with you, there's some in the seats in front of you. Um, I'm going to focus really just on the last two verses of the Psalm, but but I'm going to refer to some other parts, so it might be helpful if you have that out if. If you have a hard time finding Psalms, it's somewhere near, pretty close to the middle of your Bible, so that sometimes helps you to find it there. And what I'm going to ask you to do with me this morning, we're going to look at two verses, and I'm going to ask you to go ahead and read those two verses out loud together with me. This is the dangerous prayer that we're going to look at today. So, Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Would you read them out loud with me? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So why do I need to pray that prayer? Why is this prayer so important in my life? I would suggest to you that the reason that we all need to pray this prayer is because we all have blind spots. We have blind spots in our life. We're really good, aren't we, at looking at the lives of other people and figuring out all the stuff that's wrong with their lives, right? I think we're all pretty good at that, but sometimes we're not quite as good at looking inside of our own hearts and discovering the stuff there that we just need God to reveal to us and, and, and to get out of there. So this prayer is really pretty simple, but there are four aspects of this prayer of search me that I want to briefly cover this morning so that we understand that there's a little more to this prayer than just saying, search me, O God. So four parts to this. The first one is to search my heart. David prays, God, search my heart. And you think, well, why would he even pray that? I mean, he begins the psalm. Look how he begins the psalm. He says, God, you've searched me. He says, God, you already know my heart. So so why is he praying this? It's certainly not for God's benefit, is it? It's for his benefit. Because he needs to understand what his heart is like. And we need to pray that prayer too so that we can understand what our hearts are like. We don't need to pray that prayer for God's benefit. We need to pray it for our benefit. So what does he mean when he says, God, search my heart? Well, first let's define what he means by heart. We've talked about this before, and this is not a whole lot different than what we see in the New Testament. But the Hebrew word that's used here is a word that refers to a person's inner being. It's basically the the place where we have our mind and our will and our emotions. So what he's saying is, God, I I want you to search deep inside of me to my inner being. I want you to to reveal to me what is there. And he does that not because God needs to understand, because he needs to understand there's some things in our life. Remember what I said, we have blind spots, and we need God to, to pull those to the surface. So he says, search my heart. Now the word search, the verb search there is a really interesting verb. It's a, a verb that means to go and to scout out enemy ter- territory. It means that we have to dig for the truth. And so what he's saying to God, God, would you dig deep inside of my life? Would you take the things that are, that are hidden away there? Would you take my blind spots and would you reveal those to me so that I can do something about those? Now I know what some of you might be thinking right now. You're thinking, well... You know, that's okay. I have a pretty good heart. I mean, people have even told me that I have a good heart. Maybe somebody's told you that, right? You know, Here's what the Bible says about your heart. Here's what Jeremiah wrote. The heart is what? What is it? It's deceitful. And it's desperately sick. If you're using the King James Version, it says that your your heart is wicked. That word there for... For desperately sick, it, it's a word that means that our hearts are incurable. And that's why we need God to, to open them up and reveal them, because we can't do that on our own. And so we need to pray that, that prayer. We need to say, God, would you search my heart? Would you dig down deep inside of me? Secondly, we need to pray, God, would you reveal my worries? Would you reveal my worries? He says they're to try my thoughts. And the word for thoughts there, it's an interesting word. You'll notice if you have the ESV version, you'll notice there's a little footnote there that'll say, or cares. And the idea with this word of, of thoughts is that it really literally means disquieting thoughts. It's more than just everything I think. He's not saying, God, reveal everything I think. He's saying, reveal those disquieting thoughts. I like the way the NIV translates it. I think they do a really good job, my anxious thoughts. Or, or even the New King James Version translates it, my anxiety. So he's not just saying, God, reveal everything that I think about, but he's saying, what are those things in my life that I worry about? And you might think, well, why do I need to pray that? I know what I worry about, Right? But I think there's some things that we don't even understand about how we worry, and so we need to we need to pray for those things. And he says the way that, that God's going to reveal us, he says, try me, God. Now this is, this is a really dangerous prayer. I'm going to tell you right up front, because the, the verb there, to try, it means to take and to test something for the purpose of proving that it's genuine. It's the word that's used to describe how you would test metals, precious metals, to see if they're pure. What do you do? You put them into a fire to do that, right? And so sometimes when we pray this prayer, God's going to bring some, some difficult things into our lives so that He can reveal those areas where we're worrying, where we're not trusting God. I, I saw this saying this week. I, I think I've probably seen it before. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know who originated it. I wish I did. But this might be one of the most important things that you can take away from the message this morning. And that's this. What we worry about the most reveals where we trust God the least. I think that's true, isn't it? The things we worry about the most, we that's where we trust God the least. So my question to you this morning is, what are some of the things that you worry about all the time? Do you worry about losing your job? Do you worry that you're stuck in a in a difficult marriage and things don't seem to be getting any better do you worry that when you're going to retire that you won't have enough money to live on do you worry that you're going to fail in school like some of you kids in school do you worry about you're going to fail or maybe you worry about you're going to fail in your job or some other area of your life last couple of years we've seen a lot of people that fear that they're going to contract covid right and so we need to make sure, we, we need to pray and ask God to bring those things to the surface so that we can do something with them, so that we can give those fears and those worries back over to God like we talked about last month, that we can give those to God, we can give them to Jesus and let Him give us His peace instead of that, those worries. Third thing we have to do is that we have to, He prays, uncover my sins, He says here, God, show me if there's any grievous way in me. He says, God, show me if there's something that I've done in my life, would you show me that so that I can can get rid of that, so I can deal with that? And this might really be the essence of this prayer. As I said earlier, we all have blind spots. And we're really good at finding the sin in other people, but... But sometimes we don't see the sin in our own lives, right? And so we need to ask God to reveal that to us. No wonder Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount gave this warning in Matthew chapter 7. He says, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. We need to be praying for God to show us those those logs so that we can get rid of those. And to reveal those. Finally, he prays this. He prays, God, lead me. And that that's really, I, I'm going to say this might be the most important part of the prayer in some ways. Because after God reveals my sin, after he shows me this yuck that's in my life, what do I do with it? Am I going to just leave it there or am I going to actually do something to deal with it? And that's thats really the essence of, of Christianity in a sense is, Every time that God speaks to our heart, what are we going to do with it? I'm reminded here of of James chapter 1. You guys are probably familiar with this passage. But James writes this, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. There's that deception again. That's our hearts are deceiving, right? For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. One of my favorite breakfasts to eat is huevos rancheros. I love huevos rancheros. But what if I were to get up this some morning and eat huevos rancheros, and I go in and get to brush my teeth, get ready to leave the house, and I notice there's a big old chunk of cheese and salsa in my mustache? Now, I have a couple of options. One, I could leave it there in case I get hungry later. Or two, I could clean it up, right? Now, I'm being kind of facetious about I don't think I'd leave it there. It would not be too good later on. Besides that, I know my wife would never kiss me as long as that's there, so I've got to clean it up. But it's kind of what we do with God sometimes, isn't it? God shows us something in our lives and we just walk away and we don't do anything about it. He says here, you you need to do something about it. When God reveals all these things in your life, what are you going to do about it? So let me suggest to you four actions that you could take. There's a thousand actions you could take Take, But I'm going to give you four that I think are are really important for us to consider. When God brings all this stuff up, what do I do now? Number one, read the Bible. You knew this would come up, right? It comes up almost every sermon. But how does God reveal most of our sin to us? He does it through His Word, doesn't He? As we read God's Word and we open it up, He says, and we read about the different things in His purposes and His plans and His ways, He reveals those areas where we need to to be different, where we need to do something. God can speak to us a lot of different ways, but the primary way that He still speaks to us today is through His Word. And, And so what I would encourage you to do is every time you open up the Bible to read it is say, God, would you search me today through your Word? I can almost guarantee you that that is a prayer that God will answer second thing that you need to consider is confession. When God, when God reveals some sin to you, you need to confess it, right? We've talked about this before. The word confess just means to agree with God that it's sin. You know we're really good about excusing our sin and explaining it away, right? And, and doing other things. I mean, a lot of us are like Adam, right? We sin and what do we do? We blame God. It's, well, God, it's that woman that you gave to me. And we'll, we'll blame God. We'll say, well, that's just the way God made me. Or we're really good at, at, at getting defensive about it sometimes too, right? We'll do that. It's like, hey, none of your business when someone brings up a sin in our lives. We'll even go to the extent, we'll use Scripture to try to be defensive. We'll say, judge not lest ye be judged, right? Right? Now, that's an important verse, but that's taking it all out of context. That's not what Jesus is saying there. And if there's some area that you're defensive about, it's likely it's one of those hidden areas that God is bringing up. So what do you do? You confess it. And if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, we have this promise that in the Bible from 1 John. Most of you probably know this verse by heart. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, what does God do? He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now that promise is written to Christians. So if you're not a Christian, if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, then then that's not true. But you you can do that today. You can put your faith in Jesus today. And he promises that once you've done that, when you confess your sin, when you agree that it's sin, then he'll forgive you. Sometimes, though, our sin affects other people. So there's a third thing that we need to consider, and that's restoration. When my sin affects someone else, I not only need to confess that to God, I need to go to that person. I need to confess it to them. I need to ask them to forgive me for that sin, right? And sometimes it, ha- it even goes beyond that. It. it even comes to the point where I've got to make some kind of restitution, a restoration. Now, the rule here is that I kind of limit this to the people that have been affected. You know, if I get angry at my wife or my kids, I don't have to go tell the whole world I did that. I go to them and I tell them, hey, look, I confess to you. I got angry. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? On the other hand, if you steal money from a church, who are you going to confess that to? You've got to go to the whole church because they've been impacted. So we need to do that. We need to, we need to restore things there. That's why James talked about this idea. And James, he talks about this idea of confessing our sins one to another. And I think this is what he's he's dealing with here, those instances where we impact someone else with our sin. He says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. One last thing I'm going to suggest to you, accountability. Now, I haven't really talked about repentance yet. Although repentance is wrapped up in everything that I'm talking about here, the repentance just means that I I change my mind about my sin. I begin to look at it from God's perspective. But repentance is more than just a a change in mind. It's a change in mind that results in a change in behavior. And the idea when God reveals some of these sins to us, when He reveals our our wicked and deceitful hearts to us, we don't want to get into a lifestyle of, of getting caught up in that sin over and over and over again. So sometimes it's really helpful to find someone who can hold us accountable for that. Men, if you're you're tempted to to look at stuff on the computer that you shouldn't be looking at there, there are all kinds of programs out there that, that you can put on your computer where someone else can monitor your Internet activity and make sure that you're not looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at. If that's a problem for you, find someone to be accountable. Women, if you tend to be a gossip... Find someone in your life. Find another woman, a mature Christian, who can hold you accountable, who can probe and ask questions of you about how you're doing in those areas. So whatever it is, you can find someone who can hold you accountable. Now, one of the things that, that I've seen in life is that a lot of people think that the longer I'm a Christian, the more mature that I am, the less stuff I'm going to have to confess to God. You ever thought like that? Here's what i found. The more mature I get, the more I recognize things in my life that I never thought were sin that I now see are sin. And so I have much more to confess in my life now than I did when I was less mature. Now, if that's not the case for your life, then I want to encourage you to take and to pray this dangerous prayer. Maybe it's something you need to pray every day. God, search my heart. That's a prayer God will answer. And the good news is is that as He reveals these things in your life, He's there to help you to deal with them. Now, most of you have probably noticed that I've cut my sermon a little shorter than normal this morning. And, and I know how are all the amens out there. That's only so that I can show you a video in just a moment, and it's a little longer than, than normal I would, but it's, this is serious stuff, right? Let's all agree. These, are, these, are, these dangerous prayers are serious. So what I want to do for a few minutes is just to take maybe a little more humorous look at how we can pray this prayer.
1: All right. We wanted just to um, give you some scripture to help you out with that. It's one of our favorite verses, and uh, it's in Psalm 139, and uh, it's verse 23 and 24. And for us, this this verse just really means a lot because you can make this a prayer. Um, and it says this, it says... Search me, O God, and know my heart, test my thoughts, point out anything in me that you find sad, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I mean, that's a really great, that's a great prayer right there. Yeah, it's a
2: very introspective passage that you can make into a prayer. So let's just kind of show them what it would be like to turn that into a prayer. So they can work it. it. Just
1: work it out right now. Yeah.
2: As a skit.
1: Yeah. Okay. Go for it. All right. Okay. She said, "Woo!"
2: I didn't know if it was. I thought there was a spider monkey out there. I didn't know <laughs> what that was. All
1: right. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Um, search me, O oh God, N- and no more. Search me, oh God.
0: What? What? Tommy?
1: Tommy? You? You look a little constipated. What's going on? What's What's going on? I am not Tommy. You are. You're not Tommy. Who are you? Nay. Are you are you a
0: horse? What, nay. No, no, no. What, what, what?
2: I'm God. You,
1: oh, you're God. Yay. Oh, search me, oh God. Yeah, that's why God says uh, yay and uh, nay. I, I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> what, what, what? What? are you? Okay, I'll go with it. What? What? What are you? Okay, you. What? What are you doing? What are you doing now, God?
2: I'm smiting people. Oh. <laughs> you're. you're You're smiting people? Yeah, smite. You know, smite. (laughs) You know, smite. (laughs) Yeah. Finished? Yeah. Yeah?
1: Mm. All right.
2: Did you get him? No, I
1: spared him. You spared him? Yes. I wouldn't have. Okay. No, 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 come back, come back, come back, come back. (laughs) Okay. But you know what? We have we have skits where you know one of us plays God, you know, like God's chisel, that kind of stuff. Okay, so, I'll yeah. be I'll be Jesus. Well, we got skits like that
0: too.
2: Okay, well, that's the two parts of the Trinity. So I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> there's there's three parts of the Trinity. I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, yeah know, you, know. you know, it's God and Jesus. That's no, it. no, no, yo, know. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Trinity. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought that was the three people singing it.
1: No, no, that's. <laughs> No, that's, that's, a, that, that's a trio. That's oh. a trio.
2: Oh, so yeah. the Trinity is like a trio of God. Yeah, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I'll be the Holy Ghost, yeah. all right? I'm okay. like Casper. I'm friendly, but I'm holy, all right? Yeah. <laughs> you can just call me HG, all uh-huh. right? Okay.
1: I'll, I'll call you God, but it'll be implied that you're the Holy Spirit. You are that still small voice. That's what No. That feels
2: so much better. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. All right. So we'll just keep. Okay. Search me, oh God. All righty. Whoa! 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 Hey! Hey! <laughs> ha! 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 No! 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 What, 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 what are we doing? I'm what just going to search you. No, you're not. Yeah. No, you are not. Yep, no. Yep,
2: you just relax. I can't. I've
1: got to relax. No.
2: A lot easier if you're relaxed. I can't let go. Me, no, let me just get you to move right over here. Right, just, here we go. Just take a seat. Here ah. we go. Ah. What are you doing?
1: I thought you were yeah.
2: No, I don't like to get fingerprints on this. Oh, what did you think I was doing? <laughs> so what, what? what is this? Uh, this is your heart right here. See that? Uh-huh. That's your heart. Uh-huh. And, um, well, your heart has muck and guck on it.
1: My heart has muck and guck.
2: Yeah. Muck and guck. I, I mean, that's what I see right there. I see muck, guck, and... Oh, there's some yuck. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your heart has muck, guck, and yuck, like a lifetime of, of bad choices covered with muck, guck, and yuck.
1: Muck, guck, and yuck. Seriously, that's what the Holy Spirit's going to say, muck, guck, yuck. Seriously, muck, guck, yuck.
2: Okay. You want serious? Sure. I'll give you serious. Your heart is a wellspring of life. You should guard it with all that you are because there is a great battle going on for the allegiance of your heart, and most times you're doing lukewarm at best.
1: Um, search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test my thoughts. There you
2: go. What are these? Those are your thoughts. These
1: are my thoughts? Yeah. Not my thoughts. Yeah, There's they no are. way they're These are my thoughts. Wow, wow. How did you get a hold of my thoughts? Hello. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. This is something for me to peruse a little bit later, and I will do that, okay? This, the, the, Let's just go through them right now. Go through my thoughts? Yeah. I, I don't want to... No, no, not, not in front of all these people. I don't want to go through my thoughts in front of these people. Why not? Well, I mean, they're going to think what I think of. they're thinking about my thoughts, and those are my thoughts that I'm thinking. If they're thinking my thoughts, I'm thinking, wow, those are my thoughts if they're thinking. That's a lot of thoughts to be thinking, you think?
2: Fortunately, I'm the Holy Spirit, so I understand those groanings. <sighs> <laughs> Look, let's just uh, start at the f- top. Or just go through... Just trust me, okay? Uh, it's not bad. Um... Uh, it, Starting at the beginning, in the the A's, you have some anger issues. I don't have anger issues. You you really do. do. I don't.
1: No. I don't have anger issues.
2: I mean, your parents would say that. Okay.
1: No. My parents come from a different generation. They don't get the world that we live in now, okay? So it's not anger, okay? It's appropriate frustration, but it's not anger, all right? Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
2: Okay. 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 How about uh, your friends? Your okay. friends say, okay.
1: "My friends, my friends. I am the leader of my friends, and they come to me for advice. All right, and I give them advice, but they do not take my advice, and it makes me it makes me a little angry. Okay, it, it, it gives me this. Do you see that? Do you see that? It, it, it gives me that. Okay, but but I am the leader, and they don't listen. Do you know what it's like to be a leader of a lot of people, and they do not listen?
2: ever read the Bible?
1: (laughs) I'm just saying, okay, I'm just saying that that I I think my anger is in check, and sometimes that anger can be very, very healthy in a lot of different ways, okay? It's an emotion, all right? Okay,
2: okay, but the people that drive on the road with you… They're morons! They're complete
1: idiots! (laughs) They are morons! They should all go to… An island, a secluded island where there are no cars and far, far away from me.
2: Wow, no anger problems here. Okay,
1: all right. I, I, I have a hang up and I will work on this, all right? I will work on it, okay? But it's, it's, it's I, mean, but, I mean, does it really matter what I think?
2: Oh, yeah. As you think, as you think in your heart, that's who you are. Listen, you sow a thought. You reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a lifestyle. And it all begins with your thoughts. But here's the deal. I can't erase
1: everything in this book. I mean, it's my past.
2: I'm not asking you to erase it. I'm asking you to trust me with the story that I'm weaving through your life. It's called history for a reason. History. His story. Exactly.
1: Okay, well, that's good, though. Search me, O God, know my heart, test my thoughts. That's a lot, right? It's a
2: great place to start, but I'd I'd like to go deeper. Do we have to? We don't. We don't have to go deeper, and to be honest with you, most of my children don't even make it to this point. But I have great plans for you, and I don't want you to miss out on anything, so I hope you'll trust me. Okay. Um, Search me, O God, know my heart, test
1: my thoughts, see if there's anything in me that makes you sad. What could I possibly do that would make you that sad? What you doing? I couldn't sleep, so I'm just, you know, I'm on the computer.
2: Mm. What's her name?
1: I don't know her name. I mean, it's just, you know, just a she, you know. It's obvious she's a she. Hey, um, um, (laughs) hey, um, uh, that, that was that, um, that, okay, um, she's, your creation. I was just admiring your creation.
2: You ever thought about looking at trees?
1: You, you, you made those too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll look into that one.
2: She. Yeah. You don't even know her name. I know her name, and I know everything about her. And I know the plans I have for her, and this is not a part of it. And this, looking at women in a degrading way, this makes me sad. Okay, okay, okay. Okay.
1: Okay. I, I, I have a habit. I have a habit. Great. Right. Admitting it is the first step. Okay. And, I, and I'm sorry about this. I really, really am sorry. And you're forgiven. I'm sorry. No, I, did, I didn't mean for this to happen. I, I heard I'm, you're I'm, sorry, I'm and s- you're forgiven. Well, I'm
2: sorry. Okay. You know what? You need to quit that. What? Well, you say I'm sorry all the time. Well, I'm sorry that I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. Listen. You've been forgiven. Receive my forgiveness. When you don't receive my forgiveness, you cheapen my grace. And this whole, I'm sorry all the time, it, it makes me sad. Yeah, but I... I, I but what?
1: N- nothing. No, say it. No, there, I wasn't going to say anything. Yes, no. you were. No, I was
2: not. Yes, you no, were. And not. now you're lying to me. And when you lie to the Holy Spirit, that makes okay. me sad. Well, I... I just, just say it. No, I wasn't. Say it. There's nothing to say. I dare
1: you. Can the Holy Spirit dare? Just did. I, 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 I wasn't going to say nothing.
2: Yeah, you were. You were going to blame me. I wasn't going to blame you. Yes, you no. were. Yes, no. you were. And listen, you blame me. You blame me. It's crazy because great things happen in your life. I get no credit. Something bad happens, boom, it's my fault. You blame me for things, and it's not me. I didn't do it. And when you blame me, that makes me sad.
1: Okay. You're right, but I mean, okay. But look, look at me. I mean, me. Okay. I mean, me isn't a lot. Okay. And when I try to go out there and walk this walk of faith, and I look at other people, I mean, look, Ray. Okay. Ray is a great example. Ray. I mean, Ray. Ray has it all together. He's a great leader. I mean, he's a good Christian. Yeah, he's a good guy. He runs the race. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when he talks, people listen to him. Have you seen this Christmas card of his family? Oh, I
2: have it on my refrigerator. See what
1: I'm saying? I mean, that's. I mean, Ray, I, he just has it all together. Everybody loves Raymond, you know, and, and when I look at his life, and if I could just be
2: a little bit more like Ray, if you could be more like Ray, you know who you'd be? Who? Ray. I want you to try to be like me. This comparison thing, that makes me sad.
1: Well, isn't isn't that just it, though? I mean, let's just be honest. If we're going to be honest and real, you're just tolerating me. What? Over my past, over my hurts, my habits, my hang-ups, all the things that I've done. You're just
2: tolerating oh, me. listen, and, and, and catch this. Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross so that I could tolerate you. He died so that this relationship could be repaired. And when I look at you, I see his perfection, not your hang-ups.
1: I'm just worried with my life that I'm gonna fail you. Uh,
2: you worry so much. <laughs> I was worried you're gonna say that. Listen, when you worry, you're not trusting me. I, I trust you. No worrying is showing
1: you that I really, 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 really care.
2: No, worry is like a rocking chair, it gives you something to do and it doesn't take you anywhere. That. That is good. Do you mind
1: if I tweet that? Not right now. I'm really worried that I'm going to forget that. Okay. All right. Um, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know, know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything in me that makes you sad. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. Lead—that's an action word. Lead. Okay, so if I do more, if I get involved, when I go back home, if I do more things for your kingdom, then I will see your, your, your. uh, I will honor you, and I will see. What what are you? What what are you? What are you trying to do? What are you doing? What are you? I'm trying to get you on your knees. Well, it's not working. Nope, this is all you. Oh, you want me to pray? Yeah. I don't, I'll pray. I don't, that's cool. Well, okay. All right.
2: A little more. Seriously? Seriously. Okay.
1: That's cute. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. But see, I think this is really a good emergent prayer stance. Okay, because. There's so many things to do, all right? If my, phone, if my phone rings, I'm there. If a text happens, I'm there. I can pray, but I'm there. I'm always ready to go. I'm always ready to go, all right? Always ready to do what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? I
2: didn't create you to be a human doing. I created you to be a human being. To, I just want you to be, to be still and know that I'm God. Then make this your prayer why don't you just put me on my knees I can but I don't want to and you certainly don't want me to <laughs> now make the verse your prayer
1: search me O oh God know my heart Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Create in me a pure heart. Clean up my thoughts. I want to live for you. Show me those things that make you sad and let me just go a 180 away from them and live the abundant life that you have for me and lead me in the way of everlasting life.
2: There is a God who sent his son to die on a cross so that you could have a relationship with him. And the greatest relationships are the ones where people talk to each other. And he longs for you to spend time talking to him like that and listening to him like that so that he can be your God and that you can be everything he created you to be.
0: Talk to him. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, it's fun to, uh, to watch a video like that, but also, Father, may we be reminded of the fact that You do want us to talk to You like that. You do want us to pray that dangerous prayer, Search Me. Father, my prayer for all of us is that this week we'd be willing to do that. And that as You reveal those things in our life, deep down inside, those blind spots, that Father, we would take action on that. We'd apply the principles that we've learned today so that we could give You glory, God. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.